May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Well, happy Trinity Sunday. Uh, I guess a lot of people feel a little ambivalent about Trinity Sunday. It's, uh, well, it's big. It's hard to talk about the Trinity. There are millions and millions of pages written about the Trinity. And uh, in the end, what we're trying to describe is the indescribable, the unknowable, the mystery of God. And so, uh, in many ways, Trinity Sunday is mission impossible and many preachers fear it. And then there's this sense of, well, so what? I remember a few years ago um, preaching about the Trinity in another church and uh, using the example of uh, the grace, which we heard this morning from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and asking the congregation, is this Trinitarian? Which it's not. Um, if Paul had said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, then that might have been Trinitarian, but the way he phrases it is, there's God, and then there's Jesus, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And in fact, God in the Trinitarian formulation is all three. So not Trinitarian, and that's fine. I'll talk a bit about that in a moment. And uh, a wonderful uh, older woman in the front said, in the choir actually, said, um, well, so what, John? What difference does it make? And at one level, that's part of the trouble with Trinity Sunday. So what, John? What difference does it make? But I want to suggest that actually Trinity Sunday uh, has a big so what about it. It offers us an opportunity to reflect on our understanding of God, how that and um, how that understanding of God shapes our response uh, to God's actions in our lives, in, uh, in the lives of the people around us, in our community, in our world, and in all of creation. We often think of Trinity as... Uh, well, it's, it's a kind of dry and crusty theology dreamed up by academics hiding away in ivory towers divorced from life. And the first thing we need to note about any concepts of the Trinity is that for a long time, theologians were priests and pastors and bishops, people immersed in their communities, people immersed in the life of the church, people for whom the pastoral concern was always first and foremost. So uh, much of our understanding of, of theology is forged during the first 300 years of the life of the church. So when I say that Paul's writings weren't Trinitarian, they weren't. None of the, none of the biblical writers were particularly Trinitarian. They were pre-Trinitarian. The church was still grappling with the concept of God is one and yet Jesus is both fully human and fully divine, and the Spirit of God is at work in the world. How does all that hold together? How do we understand God in light of all of those competing ideas? And the people who were 
were struggling with that were also struggling with intense persecution, enormous persecution. A number of the leading theologians were martyrs. Uh, so they weren't just, this is a nice idea that we in our spare time are going to think about. This was an idea that was at the very heart of their understanding of why they were being persecuted and who was God and in, found in Jesus and found in the world where they were being persecuted and how did they respond to that God. So it was at the very heart of their, uh, of their struggle to understand what it meant to be followers of Jesus, followers of the way in their incredibly difficult situation. And so the questions they were grappling with was, who is this God that we follow? And who are we as followers of this God? And what is salvation and what does eternal life look like in this incredibly difficult situation? And then the situation changed and suddenly from being outsiders and persecutors, the church became very suddenly became kind of front and center and the means by which the Emperor Constantine wished to uh, forge a unity in his very disparate empire uh, using Christianity. And Christianity fractured under that pressure. And so again, it was who are we as followers of the way across so many cultures, so many languages, so many theo theological understandings of the nature of God. Who is it that we understand God to be? And so out of those kind of pressures comes our understanding of the Trinity today. So not a dry academic uh, pursuit, but something that was at the heart of a pastoral response to very difficult situations. So where do we start? Where do we start in thinking about Trinity? Well, for a long time we've started uh, with three persons and trying to describe the three persons and um, the relation and uh, who the three persons are. Uh, and uh, but, but lately more and more people have uh, wanted to start with the relationship between the three persons of the Trinity. So one of the starting points for that is Rublev's icon of the Trinity, which is actually, in theory, about the story of three strangers who come to Abram and Sarai uh, to talk to them about the gift of the child that they were to conceive. And so in that, in that icon, we have the three strangers seated around a table together. Uh, and if we look at that icon, uh, we are drawn into the heart of the relationship that exists between those three strangers. And so when we think about that relationship, and, it, and if we then sit that alongside what Scripture says about that relationship, then there are a whole lot of different words that we can use to describe that relationship. Words like mutuality. In uh, Rublev's icon, uh, there's no hierarchy. There's no one person who is more important than any of the others. It's a, it, it looks like a round table, we might say. Uh, there seems to be mutual respect, a, a mutual caring for each other. And if we lay uh, what the Bible says about God, and, if, and particularly what the Gospel writers and the New Testament writers and Jesus say about God, uh, then we can add some other words, just as a kind of an aside, the, 
the Bible is fundamentally a book about God. It's a theology book. People talk about it being the maker's handbook and a rule book, but actually it's none of those things. It is a, a series of books who seek to describe the nature of God and how we might respond to that God. And so uh, we, we end up with words like generosity. There is a generosity at the heart within the relationship within God. There's a compassion for each other, for Abram and Sarai, for all of creation. There's completeness, wholeness, all things are held together within that relationship. We might describe that relationship as love, as shalom, as aroha. We could apply a whole lot more words to that relationship. But when we look at that relationship and the nature of that relationship, then we get a glimpse into the heart of God. We get a glimpse into the heart of God who Genesis tells us created all things. Out of that relationship, that relationship of mutuality, of mutual respect, of generosity, compassion, completeness, wholeness, love, out of that relationship comes all things, comes the world that we live in. We often think about our world as distinct from or separate from God, but Genesis teaches us that we come from the heart of God and that we are held in that being of God. So we are held in that relationship. And God being first and foremost relationship means that we discover God in our relationships. We discover God in our relationship with ourselves, with our fellow churchgoers, with our family, with our friends, with our community. We discover God, the God of relationship in the relationship we have with this creation. And when we do that, when our eyes open, we discover a God, a God of generosity, of compassion, a God of completeness, wholeness, love. It's this understanding of the Trinity which shapes my life, really. And I think uh, it shapes uh, my response to God. And um, I seek to allow it to shape my response to other people and to the world in which I live. So the gift of Trinity Sunday then is to think about what the... What the what the doctrine of the Trinity teaches us about God, about the nature of God. And it offers us an opportunity then to think about how we respond to that, how we allow that understanding of God to shape our lives, our response to God's actions and our lives uh, and in our relationships. Our understanding of God is, well, it's all important, really. If we look back over the history of the church, all the splits have been about, around questions about who is God. All the splits. And if we look at the issues in the church today, uh, they are all fundamentally about who is God. So even in our big discussions in our Anglican church a couple of years ago about, uh, about homosexuality, and um, well, a couple of years ago, over the last 20 or 30 years, 
at the heart of that discussion was differing understandings about the nature of God. Who is God? And so Trinity Sunday allows us to stop and to really focus on that. Who is God for us? So on this Trinity Sunday, as we sit on the edge in this country of level one, what is the gift of Trinity Sunday for you? Who is it that you are invited to see God to be this Trinity Sunday? And as we look tentatively ahead with a little bit of hope that on Monday it will be announced that we will move to level one, how do we live out that understanding of God in our new normal? How do we carry the gift of that into what lies ahead?